0: Hey, 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 and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, I'm super excited to be with you today. You've made it. You've arrived. You're here in Insurance Town yet again, and I cannot thank you enough. You guys mean the world to me as I'm growing my podcast, as things are, are, are really happening over here. If you look up here and there, you're going to see some new billboards popping up, some new sponsors coming into the show, some big-time people that are really uh, really going to elevate our game to the next level and really elevate Insurance Town to the another level. And I cannot wait for, for you to be a part of that and to hear that. Those announcements, they're coming out really soon. But, you know, today's episode, as always, is sponsored by my man, Toga Tezel, over at Canopy Connect. They are your one-click solution So getting those deck pages you need to quote your prospect, it's never been easier. One click, that's all it takes. And you've got all those deck pages. You've got those loss runs. You've got the driver list. You've got everything you need to quote your prospect. And now they've taken it one step further. They'll integrate into your agency management system. So you've got everything locked in right there from that one click. Dude, it is amazing. Um, you're going to love working with them. Uh, I know you already do. The ones that have signed up have given me great feedback, have given Tolga great feedback. It's a great partnership. And I can't wait for you to hear about the new partnerships coming up in the coming weeks. Stay tuned for that. I couldn't be more excited. Today, today's show, <laughs> today's show, I'm super excited. I've got one of the coolest guys I've ever spoken to in my life (laughs) coming on the show. And that's saying a lot. I've talked to some really cool people on this show. You know it. You've been there with me. But today, I'm bringing on my main man, Troy (laughs) Korsgaden. And I feel like I'm from New England when I say that. Troy Korsgaden. But I'm not cool enough to be from from Boston or have that cool accent. Let's go park the car in the yard and listen to Troy Korsgaden. Oh, that sounded a little more like... Schwarzenegger or something but anyway um, <laughs> if you're from New England or from Boston please don't take offense to that because that was terrible and I know it Rogoff don't come after me uh, <laughs> I didn't <laughs> I didn't mean it come on now anyway now uh let's get real um uh, my man uh Troy Kordsgaden is one of the premier consultants and speakers and authors In our space today, he's been doing this for, gosh, 30-something years. Uh, No, 40-something years. I'm sorry. And uh, he's written seven books. He is a consultant to carriers, mostly, and he loves the technology space. He loves talking about communication he loves to do anything and everything that's going to move the ball forward in our industry and help us get closer to greatness and get better and better and better each day. I think you're going to be a better insurance professional after listening to this episode. I promise. Uh, and if you and if you listen to the episode, you're going to hear my excitement level a little bit. And I kind of and I kind of geek out a little bit uh, because I just I'm a big fan of Troy's, and I can't wait for you to check out this episode. So I'm going to get out of the way, and I'm going to let you check out uh, my recording. Uh, I'm in a basement in this recording, I'm not going to lie, not a basement, a closet, sorry, I'm in a closet, <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie, uh, but it's okay, the sound I think is pretty good still, and I really think you're going to love this one. Uh, so, uh, I'm getting out of the way, without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Troy Kornsgarden. Troy it. Troy Kornsgarden, did I get it? You got it, man, to the T, but you can call me Troy, like share,
1: like I like share prints, right?
0: Exactly. <laughs> just don't become a symbol. That's what it just gets weird, bro. That's right. So uh, we're here. I'm in a storage closet. Uh, you'll see this on video someday. I'm sure I'll show a clip. Uh, so those that watch me regularly or hear me regularly, I'm not normally normally in a storage closet. But Troy gets the best of me today. So uh, you get all. All of me, you know, full-on heat cheering this morning. So uh, let's do this, Troy. You ready? I'm ready. I'm excited. And so, you know, I'll be honest, audience, uh, Troy and I have talked a couple of times, but we're really going to get to know each other on this one live with you. So... Uh, joy Let's let's take a walk down memory lane, and let's get to know who you are, where you come from, and give me a little bit of background. Take five, ten minutes, however long you want to. Uh, we're in your world, brother.
1: Yeah, I'll keep it short. I've written some books about my start. I got an interesting story, Heath. I started in 1983 with the farmers group. I was young. I was dumb. I was looking for a good place to land. I really lucked out when I got into the business, and uh, my manager hired me. It was a great manager. Uh, my best manager until the day he died, actually. He just was an awesome guy. And so I started a little before 21. And I I didn't have that great of a career when I first started as a practitioner. Uh, And actually, the second year, uh, they tried to fire me for low production. There's a letter over my uh, right hand shoulder here. And it's there to to remind me, uh, they thought I was a loser. And so they sent a guy down to hand deliver that letter, and he went into detail on why I was such a loser. And out of fr- out of fear, I sold my way back onto their program, and uh, I became one of the biggest agents with the Farmers Group uh, in the history of the company—not the biggest, but one of the biggest. So I, I I've got had an interesting career. I got
0: to stop you right there because. Uh... That's a moment that's like, for me, I would think that's a game changer moment for you. You get a letter in the mail that, as you would say, says, you're a loser, Troy. We don't want to work with you anymore. We're going to, you know, take your plaque and, you know, everything else. Take your desk away from you. We're done with you. And something kicked in with you at that point. What was that moment for you before you finished your story? I got to know from man to man, nobody's listening. It's just us guys talking. What was that like for you?
1: (laughs) <laughs> well, I I don't get asked that very often, so it's a great question. Fear, uh, and fear is a motivator. It's not the best motivator, but it's a motivator. Uh, fear, fear of losing. I I didn't want to be a loser. Uh, fear of not feeding myself. And uh, r- around this time, I I got married. And uh, soon after had some kids and fear of uh, not being able to feed everybody, you know, as the year went on, you know, so I sold my way back onto the program, but I soon learned that fear wasn't a great motivator. It got me back on the program, but I had to have some other motivators to really Take it to the next level, if you will.
0: Fear, huh? That's an interesting response there.
1: So, but I get it. You know, a lot of us are in that
0: boat. When we were first married, you first got kids, you first bought a house and you got to have that motivating uh, factor to keep you moving forward. So it's super cool though, that you at least bring it up. And you're honest about it. You know, we talked about that before we hit record. We're just going to be real and be authentic. The more real and the more authentic we can be, the better. So I-, I love it. So you went from that letter, being a loser, they tried to fire you, to being a top salesman. Keep going with your story.
1: Well, you know, I had a great manager. His name was Jay Green. And uh, he, was, he was just such a great guy, great human being. And he understood I was young, I was dumb, and he put up with a lot of stupidity. Uh, but he kept focusing me on growing. You know, and as the old saying goes by Bob Dylan, he not busy being born is b- busy dying. And so I just started to learn. you know, i'm a, I'm a real learner. And I believe that if you're learning and growing and progressing, that is success. The money is one way to measure it, as the uh, saying goes. Uh, but it's not everything. Money isn't everything. Uh, but there are other measurements to success. And as I grew, Uh, I gained skills in selling, gained skills in marketing. And I had a few epiphany moments that uh, changed my career at different points in in my path to success.
0: Would you say that um, you truly did get your education by, you know, hard knocks or by, you know, street or by just learning on the fly? Or is there a college education in there that you haven't mentioned yet?
1: Yeah. There, it's, a, it's a plethora of things. That let, no college education. Uh, my mom uh, raised five kids. Uh, every kid that wanted to go to college went to college. I was one of them that didn't. Um, I j- it just wasn't for me. Uh, but I, I, ha- I love to read. I love to learn. I love to meet people with great ideas. And uh, so I started seeking out people early on in my career. I went and saw the Kinder Brothers. They're big life insurance guys. And uh, they're, they're just legends. And I paid for my own plane ticket to go meet them in Dallas. And I became lifelong friends with them while they were living. And uh, Gary's still alive, Jack's passed away. But I I've just always sought out people Uh, To know more and not just about what I was doing in my agency, but I wanted to know more about the industry, about the business, because I felt like if I knew more, it would give me confidence and it would give me the ability to talk to my customers, my clients, and to be able to help them because I, I took an industry view and I was able to grow that into a consulting business, a speaking business that still thrives today. So you
0: were you were bought in, all in. It sounds a lot like my story, as we've talked before. Uh, you know, you're all in, you were all in on the insurance industry and wanted to learn more about the industry, not just another sales job like furniture or cars. You were all in on the industry, am
1: I right? Yeah, that's right. I love distribution. I love marketing. I love technology. And way back, it was all about distribution. It was all about uh, independent agents, exclusive agents, contractors. Things have changed, uh, but having that real foundation of understanding how to distribute the products and services is just—it was worth gold. It was like getting an MBA, if you will. But really, Troy,
0: has it changed much? I mean, we still have the indie, we still have the captive, and now we do have some direct-to-consumer channels, and we do have, you know, some lizards and some things like that out there that are selling on TV. But has it really changed a lot? You know, uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that for a minute before we dive any deeper.
1: Yeah, let's crack that open. So it's changed. There's a tsunami of change that is happening today. The waves are crashing against the shore. And as the waves pull back and you get a look at things, there's still independence. And that, that's a great system. The exclusives are still a great system, but they're changing. They're, they're evolving, if you will. And there's combinations. I help carriers around uh, the United States and even outside of the United States around the globe to create what I call a seamless distribution ecosystem. That means that you really just gotta uh, take the past and celebrate it, but it's not going to get us into the future. So we help people create uh, delivery systems that are uh, employee-led, contractor-led like you and I grew up in the business uh, that we restructure the way management delivers to the care and feeding of those folks that I just described. But you mentioned the lizard. Hey, I've got great respect for, for them. And let's, let's get it out there. They're opening up contractor-led offices. This should tell you there's a change. It's not just the TV. It's not just technology. It's not just mail. It's, it's about local, And local could mean a strong broker independent system. It could mean an uh, exclusive system like I grew up in or a combination of all of it. And that seamless distribution is seamless. It's got to be seamless. The customer can't feel like they're getting bounced from a call center to technology, to the agent, to the team members that are there locally uh, on the ground.
0: Yeah, and it goes back to, I think, and I hear what you're saying. I do. The tsunami of change. I like that. I wrote that down. Um, and so proof, it's there. I wrote it down. Um, but yeah, when I see this, uh, there is still the 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 indies. There's still the exclusive. There's still the agencies that have been doing things the same way since 1983 when you first got in it. And when I first, you know, was born into it in the 80s. Um, so I hear what you're saying. And, and I like this, you know, the distribution thing. That's been my thing as well. But, you know, when you talk about, you know, the things that you mentioned, it still all goes back to, uh, I think we lose sight of that sometimes, the customer is king. Um, and I think that's the most important thing.
1: Yeah. Let me, let me expand on that because I agree with you, you know, drop the mic. I mean, you're correct. What has changed is the customer is in control. That means that they own the keys to the kingdom. They decide when they want to buy, what they want to buy, how they want to buy. And let's get real back in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, you know, the carrier carriers, multiple would get up and I'd go to the meetings. I get paid to speak and I'm listening to them, they would say, well, the customer is in control. And we center everything around the customer. But then they would go back to the home office and say, this is when they're going to buy. This is what they're going to buy. This is how they're going to want to buy. These are the limits. These no options. This is it. That That's not control. The customer is in control. And there's going to be new types of distribution. Technology is going to continue to evolve. People are going to buy insurance, whether it's because UBI now is really taken off. You know, we've been working on that for 10 years, Keith. 10 years I was working on UBI. Uh, but now there's connected home that is going to affect the way property insurance, whether it's uh, homeowners, small commercial, it's going to affect things. People are going to be able, able to buy insurance by the day, by the week, by the month. You know, all these things are going to change, You know, and I talk about in one of my books, holograms. Holograms are going to change things. You know, and that's a technology we know is coming. There are technologies we don't know that are out there. But last, I want to, you, you really hit the nail on the head, Heath. It's the customer. That's why the Indie system works so well. That's why the exclusive system works so well when we put the customer first with everything we do. And those folks, we look back at the past, they were the winners. They'll continue to be the winners if they keep the focus on the customer and customer control.
0: So if I've got, and I know I do, I've got agents on both sides of this fence here. Listen, you know, we we tailor a lot. You know, we tend to get more of the independents that listen, but I know there's some out there. Um, and I can shout out, you know, my boy, Brian in Little Rock. I know I got some farmers guys on there. I know I've got some, you know, captives that listen. What could you tell, uh, while we're talking about Customers King, and let's put them them at the forefront and focus on making their experience the best that we can. What's a little nugget you could drop out there for these, you know, retail agents, whether they're captive or independent to, you know, more capitalize on that and to better serve that customer, which is in control, as we say.
1: Yeah, so when you think about all those you just described, the companies, there's multiple that listen to you. It's not just independent agencies and brokers and carriers. Uh, There's a lot of folks with these other systems I described. And I know that's why I was excited to be on your show because I I work with all of them. And so if I was going to do one thing uh, that was different in 2021 than I did in the past, I would create a concierge position in the agency, whether I had two team members or 2,000, I would have a concierge position. So every time there was a point of service, I want the experience to be great. You said the word experience. Anybody can give great customer service. I can write your insurance. It's great service. I can uh, screw your bill up and fix it. That's a great service. Uh, you can have a claim. That's good service. But the experience is the key. My brother owns a restaurant and he's owned it for 15 years. It's bigger than it's ever been. And I. it's not because the steaks are the best and they're the best or the lobsters the best or the jambalaya's is the best. It's That's not the reason people come back. It's the experience. And everybody... You know- everybody matters heath in the experience everybody in the carrier and distribution
0: no i completely agree with you one of the things that i compare a lot of it to and you've got to agree with me on this if not i'll just mute you but i'm just kidding but um (laughs) you know i think it goes back to like chick-fil-a doesn't have the greatest chicken sandwich in the world arguably i understand that but and they don't have the greatest french fries in the world but they do have the best in my opinion customer service. When you walk in, it's so uniform and it's, you know, you could be in, where are you at
1: right now? Visalia, California. I'm in in ag territory, agricultural territory. You
0: could be in California or you could be in Arkansas and you step into a Chick-fil-A, you're going to have the exact same experience.
1: Agreed. But, but, you know, here I was just listening to a speaker uh, from Chick-fil-A and they give their leaders three things they got to execute to. They don't give them a hundred. Right. And so they're all singing from the same song sheet, but it's the customer. And it is different. The speaker pointed out it's different in Manhattan than it is in Little Rock, than it is in Los Angeles, than it is in Minneapolis. Let's get real. The fundamentals are the same, but the way you talk to people is, is going to be different because they, they speak a different, uh, language, a speed or whatever. So, but the fundamentals don't change. I think that's how our insurance business is. And that's what I
0: was. Yeah. I think I was getting at that. Yeah. The relationship, I like the concierge position because, you know, I travel as you do, you know, travel a lot, stay in hotels. And I'm probably one of the only, but I, I love the concierge guy that sits at the desk and Hey, you know, can I tell you about this? Can I tell you, or I'll stop by and visit for 10, 15 minutes. Cause usually a local person there at that concierge position. And I'll talk to him about, Hey, what's a good restaurant in town? What's this, what's that? I, you know, ask them questions. I think that's a cool idea to have in an agency in 2021.
1: So when you think about the concierge position, he think of this, so, say you and your family bought a new car, you call up your agent. And you make the car change and it goes great because they know what to say. They know how to greet you. There's a relationship. People buy from people they know and trust. So you're happy and you walk away. But the next day you get a call from the office and it's Kathleen. And Kathleen calls up and says, Heath, this is Kathleen. I'm calling from Troy Korsgaden's office. How are you doing today? I'm doing good hey, the reason for my call is you made a car change with Sally yesterday in the office and Troy just wanted to make sure you were happy with the service you received. May I get some feedback to give to Troy? And the script says, shut up. And she shuts up and you say, oh no, I, I love the person that waited on me is awesome. And you know I just always get a good experience when I go, it's, it's 95% of the time, it's good. But that 5% where the rate went up or or you didn't understand what was gonna happen next, it's either a training issue for the team member that made the car change, or if it's the 95% that uh, you know are happy, it's a pivot opportunity to set up an appointment for a new product and service under the right conditions. And if I'm an independent agent, exclusive agent, if I'm an employee of a carrier in a call center, I want to get the next step because we gotta have product density to be profitable. That means more products and services in every household that we serve. And the only way to do that is to be the gateway to all things insurance and financial services for every customer. Every customer. We don't got to sell them everything, but we got to be the gateway. We got to be the first person they think of before they do anything.
0: I, I love that, the, the the intentionality of using the word gateway, uh, because I think that there's too many generalist agencies that want to be yes everything to everybody. However, I think... Uh, if someone were to come to me, uh, when I was a retail agent and say, Hey, I'm looking for trucking insurance. I don't do trucking, nor do I know the first daggum thing about trucking insurance or long haul trucking or whatever, or Hey, um, I need you to write a bond for what I I, I was scared of bonds. I I had an episode that's going to release, you know, soon I, or it may have already released. I, I don't, I was scared of bonds. I didn't know I didn't understand the language. So I would refer that out. And I think if we can get to a place, I also loved earlier, again, going back to my notes here, um, you said the word practitioner, and I love it. it, jogged my thoughts on, you know, conversation I've had with with many other people. Of, I wish that our industry could get to that place where we are, you know, when you go to a general practitioner and tell them, you know, your back hurts, they don't send you a podiatrist, they send you the back doctor. You know, uh, if you go to uh, a heart specialist, say, hey, my feet hurt, you know, they're not going to, you know, send you back the general practitioner, they'll send you the podiatrist. I wish we could get that way in the insurance industry as well.
1: I'm glad you brought it up. So I write about this extensively. And when I work with carriers, this is the direction that I'm going in. Here's how it works, Heath. We, we want to be the gateway, but I'm going to use your analogy. My doctor, if I go to him, his name is Dr. Tommy, he's unbelievable. If Dr. Tommy finds that I have a little uh, tick, 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 a little murmur, he's not going to get freaked out. And he doesn't refer me over to somebody. He walks me to that person. He literally sits in the appointment for the first few minutes. It's an expertise partner. That's what we call him in insurance. So you talked about generalists. That's how we all got into the business. We were a jack of all trades, but you need to specialize to be successful, but you can't specialize in everything. So you hire people to help you in trucking, people to help you in health insurance, people to help you in bonds. If you can't hire them as a specialist on your payroll, then you align with expertise partners, but you don't refer them over to the people. They're your partner. And so you meet with the client and then the client is that important. And again, if we wanna be that gateway, we don't go, hey, call old Sally or old Joe over here and they'll help you out. And then they never do. Or worse yet, they do call Sally or Joe and Sally or Joe is better than you. And so the person gravitates for them to be the gateway to all things insurance and financial services. So we could talk all day about expertise, partners, specialization. This is a subject of the future. If to be successful, you gotta be that gateway, you don't gotta sell everything. Heath, you gotta be the person they think of for service and advice. And then you'll get a chance to offer solutions And your win ratio will be way higher than here's your coverage, here's your price. Do you want that? That's a transaction. When they come to you as a consultant, as an advisor, they're coming to you and they want what you have. And so your win ratio with them and product density is much higher. No,
0: no, I agree with you. And it's like uh, my old buddy, uh, Scott Howell talks about, he's got some, and you know, Scott Howell, I see you smiling. You can't help but smile when you mention Scott Howell's name. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and he's just, again, you have the same reaction everybody does. When you mention his name, you can't help but smile. He's such a good dude, and he's right. incredible. But he talks about he knows he's survived, he's made it, that he is at the top of his game in his industry and in his agency. When people start coming to him, his customers come to him, ask him advice on cars or the best Refriger- restaurant in town.
1: Refrigerators. yeah,
0: Refrigerators, you know, <laughs> the best dryer and washer combo. Yeah. Because you're becoming that consultant for all things in your agency, in your town, in their life.
1: So I, I'm going to take this to a whole new level. So I'm going to, go. I'm, I'm working with a guy. He's an awesome dude. And I'm, I'm telling him about this conversation we're having right now. And he says, he calls me back up the next day and he goes, I'm going to send you a spreadsheet. And he sent a spreadsheet with everybody on it. CPAs, lawyers, all the people that he has relationships with, because people do call you up and go, Hey, Troy. What do you think about LG, man? Do you think that's a good uh, refrigerator? What, you know, the first reaction is, do I look like a refrigerator salesman? But the next reaction has got to be, awesome, man. I've got this person thinks I know everything and they want my advice. And this is what I call a discussion partner. A discussion partner doesn't sell you anything. They don't tell you anything. They just discuss it with you and you come to your own conclusion on who you want to do business with. And if you're the gateway, you get the opportunity to provide more solutions for them. Again, your win ratio and your product density is through the roof. Yeah, I couldn't agree more, man. I I, I'm
0: like you. I could talk about this all day because it it gets me jacked up. Uh, Yeah, and it goes back to you know my wife and I. We talk about our kids, you know. And you have kids? I do. I have uh, three. Three of them, um, (laughs) and they're probably a little older than mine. um, But we've got
1: three. One of them, and I've got an adopted child. Her name is Lauren, and she's uh, she's awesome. She's a youngin'. She's 13. That's awesome. Yeah. So my oldest
0: is 13. Um, and so, you know, my wife and I, will talk about it, and we, we crawl in bed at the end of the day, and, you know, it's that conversation you probably had with your wife, and if you're listening to your spouse, and you probably talked about it too, you're not going to believe what Timmy said, or what Johnny said, or what little Sally yeah. said, yeah. or what they asked me. And it's like your kids, they come to you, and they ask you, because they think you know everything. Right. And it's, it's a brilliant, it's a beautiful thing. And, you know, it gives me so much confidence sometimes, but then it also can knock you down a peg like, I don't know that one. Or when they teach you something. Um, But, uh, you know, like all the time,
1: my daughter, Emily, you've talked to her. She's, uh, she's the the one that scheduled us together. And uh, my son, Michael, they're older. And we just have discussions, right? I don't tell them. I, when I was younger, as a young father, I was always going, you need to do this. Yep. You know? that's, oh, yeah. not, that's not the way to talk to somebody. The way is, hey, did you think about this? Hey, maybe we should look at it this way. You know, there are ways to use language to really engage people to where they want to talk to you instead of feeling like you're preaching at them all the time and I was guilty of preaching at people in the early days especially as a consultant cuz I was so arrogant that I thought my way or the highway my way is just one way we're all in the same ball game it's just that some of us are in a different inning
0: yeah. yeah, no, you're exactly right. And so, uh, again, we could talk about this a lot. But I do want to get into a little bit about, okay, so in your story, you went from farmers and you wrote a book. And then you got into working with with carriers and with companies. Um, talk to me about what that looks like. What's, uh, what's one of the best things or what's one of your favorite things that you do? We're going to go off script here, I guess. We don't really have a script anyway. But uh, let's talk a minute about what's one of your favorite things you get to do every day with these carriers?
1: Yeah, so it's a multitude of subjects, right? Wh- whether it's the way we compensate, the way we set up field structures, whether it's technology. I like technology. Uh, I'm a, I'm a subject matter expert on technology and execution. Cause there's a lot of great technology out there. Wait, wait,
0: wait, we- I got <laughs> one more. I got to stop you. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't normally interrupt my guests, but I got <laughs> it. Okay. Troy, tell the audience, if you don't mind, how old are you?
1: I am 59 years old. I'm not afraid to tell you anything you want to ask me, Heath. There's nothing off limits today.
0: Okay. I'm glad you said that because I want my audience to listen to this. I got many of clients, many of agents, many of company reps, many of people that talk to me on an everyday basis that are younger than you that are scared of technology, or they say, I can't, I'm too old. I'm never going to get it. I'm not the young guy, whatever that excuse may be. But you just heard my man, Troy Cord's <laughs> say that, He's a technology expert, or he's a. How'd you say that again? You're it's a me,
1: subject matter expert.
0: It's me. A subject matter expert on technology at 59 years old. If that mm-hmm. don't get you jacked up, I don't know what else does. That's exciting. I mean, you did. I mean, age doesn't matter. Sex doesn't matter. Race. None of that matters. You are an expert in a field, no matter what it is. I, I had to stop you there for a minute. Cause that's something that drives me crazy to hear. Well, I'm old. I'm not going to get into technology. No, you can. It's,
1: it's, it's moving so fast and, and there's a lot of shiny uh, items out there and everybody goes, Oh, that's the greatest, right? The latest and the greatest. You don't look at technology that way. People say, well, Troy, is it going to replace us out in the field? I say, no, It's going to speed up the service. It's going to speed up the relationship. And there's a couple of things you need to do with your technology if you're listening to me. And I don't care whether you're independent, exclusive, whether you're a contractor or an employee of a carrier. Or a lizard. Or a lizard. Now, everybody listening, all our friends out there, you need to focus on a couple of things to be successful. Number one, ways to contact. And number two, reasons to call people because it's the one with the deepest relationship is the gateway, but you got, there's so many new ways to contact people and it could be messenger through Facebook in the back door. It could be Snapchat. It could be WhatsApp. It could be start meeting. We're on Zoom today, Heath, I think. You know, find out where your customer wants to meet you. And as my good friend, Michelle says, meet your customer where they want to be met. And that that just means you got to ask, what, what's your preferred communication today? Because it's changing. You know, people still like to be text. So I like to be text and know what we're going to talk about. Then I'll take the call or the Zoom. So like you and I this morning, I was running a few minutes late with a big client. And so Emily emailed you, but it would have been better for her to text you because that's your preferred way to communicate. And so now I'm going to go back to her and go, hey, in his file, don't email him, text him first and tell him we're emailing him or text him first and tell him we're going to call him. And that is a better way for me to deal with you or my client who's buying insurance or needs my advice or my service.
0: You're right. And I think what you said there was also key because at the end of the day, you still got to document that. For, for Troy to remember all that and try to remember, okay, he doesn't like email. You document that whether it's in your AMS system or whether it's in your phone, right. in your notes section, I don't care how you do it. I've got a note section and I have to clear it out so much because a lot of times it takes up too much memory on my phone. And then I got to, you know, erase some of it, but um, whatever your system is, I think that's brilliant because yeah, uh, I haven't told you that you just figured it out that I respond better to text. But, and, I'll, you but know, I'll
1: ask you, right. I mean, so yeah. just, because it's today, your world could change and you just go, hey, I need, some, I need an offline capability and I, I want to talk to people in private. So in my world, because I deal with so many carriers and because I deal with so many individuals, uh, my email gets looked at by multiple people. So we triage and decide what we're going to send them. Maybe I don't need to touch it or maybe I do. But if you want to talk to me, you're going to text me or you're going to use a social media private text to get to me because nobody looks at that. I'm the only one that does. So if you really want it to be private, you're gonna you're gonna text me exactly.
0: Uh, and I think that's awesome. Uh, and, and I think that it goes back to you know that customer you know customers king. So you said, and I was trying to write it down, but you said those two things would be two reasons or ways to contact and reasons to reach out. Basically, yeah. Correct? And so and, let
1: me let me expand just a little bit. Before yeah. You- before we move on there's yeah. billions and I mean billions of dollars being spent on CRM AMS all these things are important they they're they're foundational they're a must they're 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 non-negotiable but because of that, you have to add on lead management systems. You need to add on communication systems, whether it's interconnected telephony, whether it's uh, texting capabilities, all these are added into the CRM, the platform, if you will. But I will tell you this, one of the things as a SME that they bring me in for is you can spend $50 million, $100 million or a billion. And if, if the field isn't filled out, there's two reasons. One, one, because it wasn't important to the end user. So you got to tell them why it's important that we fill in the field. And the second reason is because the agent or the team member just doesn't have time. So we need to pre-fill. We need to do different things. So I'll go out and I'll just say, look, to really utilize your platform, you need to fill in the blanks. If there's a question there, Put an answer in there or put not applicable. If there's a place for a phone number or social media, put it in there. You always got to update because it's like an ATM machine. We can't take money out unless we put money in. And the currency here is information. The one with the most information wins.
0: No, I'm with you on that. But not, would you not put a third category in there for laziness? Or does that fall under the combination of those other two?
1: Of course. I, I Look, at, let's hit it head on. Um, it, inherently, we all take the easy route And a lot of us are lazy or afraid. Remember I went back and I was honest about my fear and that was a motivator to me. Well, sometimes fear doesn't motivate people. They use avoidance and all these little things add up over a period of time. So they're afraid to engage. You talked about technology and older people. I got to tell you a quick story, Heath, this is a true story. My son, a few years ago, he's in his thirties, but he, he, texted me and, and I called him back and he didn't answer the phone. And then I called him again and he didn't answer the phone. And he texted me and he says, dad, my generation likes to be texted before you call. And I'm thinking the gall of this kid. And I told my mom who was in her eighties at the time, and she laughed, she fell off her chair. She had a wicked sense of humor. And so one day I'm out on the road and I needed money. She was a CFO. And so I said, Hey, call me. I need to talk to you. She didn't return my call. I call her again. She doesn't return my call. And then she texted me and said, my generation likes to be texted first before we call you back. And (laughs) my point is this. It's like Zoom for everybody listening. Everybody was afraid of Zoom, Heath, until there was no choice. And then the rubber hits the road and they go, this ain't so hard. It's just awkward. I need to just go out on a limb. That's where all the fruit is. I need to get over my fear.
0: No, you're right. And I had somebody tell me uh, back in March of last year, a year ago, buy stock in Zoom. I didn't do it. You didn't. Like, what is this Zoom thing? I'll just do Skype. And yeah. Zoom took over. Yep. But, um, okay, so, you know, you, you keep talking about being a SME of, of technology. Uh, and, you know, I like people like you that, you know, real quickly, I feel like I can talk to you about anything, or I can, you know, razz you a little bit. But I want you to prove it. Tell me a little bit about, you know, your expertise in, in technology. What um, what kind of advice can you give? What can you say to help us with this connected ecosystem you talk about and this stuff you write about behind your right and your left shoulders? Um, tell me, you know, uh, you know, tell me a little bit of something there on that because I really do find that fascinating, and I'm interested because you're right. A lot of people have that shiny object syndrome and they want to buy everything they can and make it all talk to each other. But there's you know, there's other ways to do things or uh, certain ways to do things. I want to hear your thoughts on this.
1: So look, like I'm going to pick on everybody because we're all part of the issue, the problem, if you will, but I'll call it an issue. The issue is we spend all this money on technology and nobody's leveraging it to its fullest capability. And so that's where I'm the SME, how do you execute? I love the old saying, And I I steal a lot of sayings, And this one is important. Ideas are awesome, but without execution, they're delusion. And so the reason I bring this up is because they'll spend all this money on technology and they'll go, well, why aren't our people, our employees, our field people using it? And we're not giving them enough reasons and we're not making it easy. So maybe there's too many fields. We call them business requirements in the back room, right? You put all these business requirements on the technology and maybe they really don't affect the customer. The customer needs big data to be real at their level. They don't need the big macro picture. Just how does it affect me? And so everybody needs to be thinking that way and be honest with ourselves. If you're a carrier listening to this, you've spent a lot of money, you've got great technology, it's industry leading, it's, it's cutting edge. But if nobody's using it, it's time to be honest with yourself. Now I'll tell you how I can relate to this myself. I've written seven books that are all bestsellers. One of them sold over 200,000 copies. I've written seven books on the great things I've done, but I could have written 21 books on the idiot, stupid, ignorant things I've done. I've done a lot of stupid stuff, but I've got to to admit to myself, hey, this didn't work. Maybe the timing wasn't right. Maybe I didn't uh, put the right business requirements on. So Heath, it just boils down to this. Where my expertise is, is not writing code. I can't write code. And I I get shown a lot of technology. What do you think of this? Could you help us sell this to the industry? You know, could you marry us with this XYZ company? I see these products all the time and they're great, but you got to pick one and you got to execute it to its fullest. So whether I'm an agent broker, a team member out in the field, or I'm a carrier at a macro level and then the big picture of things, I've got to figure out How can I execute this to get the biggest impact, to serve my customer, and to be the gateway to all things insurance and financial services? Not every product we're going to sell, but we're going to be the gateway because we have that seamless distribution ecosystem. Technology, arguably, is one of the most important things.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. I talked to um, several tech vendors and insured tech startups and and whatnot. And yeah. um, every single one of them I've talked to, from from Tarmica to Magic to Canopy Connect to you name it, uh, they all say the same thing. It'd work even better if people would actually use it. And, you know, they get their customers, they'll say, hey, I have complained about this or I have this complaint or that complaint. Well, have you tried this or have you tried that? And it's so much like you just said, it's one thing to have the shiny objects, but if you don't use them correctly, what's the point and why waste the money?
1: And is it easy, right? Because that's, that's really what it boils down to. It's not the price as much as it is ease of doing business. If you've got to sit there for two hours to fill in a record, that's not easy. You know, right. people want quick, they want fast. So whether you're working
0: with the the largest carriers in the industry or, you know, a small, you know, mutual or whatever it might be, um you know there's some commonalities there i'm sure that you work with them on you know this ecosystem this connected ecosystem and working with them with their technology and things like that but uh, what are some of that stuff that you're working on with them and it was some of the stuff that you could share with us uh the audience whether we're an agent or an underwriter or somewhere in between
1: well we talked a little bit about ubi connected home technologies uh, there's communication technologies to make them seamless, right? So you've, you can go back and forth, whether it's service and then over to somebody that's on the front line to offer new products and services, making it seamless, making it easy. But again, it's, it's, it's defining what are the products that are needed from a technology standpoint to support our people with the customer, because they're still going to need a person there to hold their hand. It's too complex. The, the industry, you can get a lot of information. It's, it's endless, you know, but you, you need an advisor or somebody, whether they're uh, in the home office on a call center or whether they're in, in the local community, which I prefer. I, I like somebody that'll bring me a blanket if my house burns down. Uh, versus somebody in the home office. But hey, it's, it's, a, it's a combination of everything. We're all working together. So I, I think the thing to do is it's, it's not money, it's time. So if you're a broker listening to this, it's important that you stand up technologies, whether it's uh, actual computer systems, uh, networking or whatnot, or social media, Social media is not the end-all, but you got to use that technology to be able to communicate with your clients, know more about them. You know, if you're purchasing leads, a lead is great to purchase, but it, without appending data to it is, is, makes that lead worth 15 bucks. If you want the lead to be worth 200 bucks, then you'll append data to it. Where do you get the data? You use technology to mine the data and find out if Heath has two kids or he has three, if Heath has four cars versus two. And we can get a lot of this information and gather it over a period of time using technology, but focusing on what matters, not just collecting data for data's sake.
0: Yeah, and data has been a huge buzzword for the last two years or so.
1: Yeah, and analytics too. You know, look... The analytics I care about, if if I'm a broker, uh, or if if I'm a carrier at a macro level, if if I'm looking at data, there's a few things that really matter. I got to get those right. Then I can expand my use of data. But just to say we have $4 trillion trillion pieces of data, waste of time. It doesn't matter. Got to execute.
0: Unless you know how to mine that data and use that data.
1: And bring it down. Yeah,
0: agreed. So, you know, I think that's fascinating, and I would love to, uh, you know, spend as, as much time, I mean, there's so much we can get into, and I'm going through my notes over here as I'm talking about some of this, but uh, one of the things that you, you know, you talked about that excites you, that you love is, uh, you know, reorganizing, uh, and redistributing, or whatever you want to call it, the distribution model, whether it's, you know, captive, independent, whether it's just to make it a seamless deal. Uh, what does that mean to you? And like, what what do you mean by that? If you wanted to stand on a soapbox for a minute on that, uh, what would that be for you?
1: When when I go out in person or today because of Zoom, you know, and because of the climate right now, more Zoom than in person, obviously. Uh, when I get on the soapbox, I talk about retooling our business model at a carrier level, at a regional level, at a local level. If If you own a shop or you run a shop, it doesn't matter to me, you need to retool. And one of the things we need to retool is our people. We, we've got some great people in the industry, but uh, if they don't wanna change and they don't wanna grow, then it's time for them to go. And we need to bring in people and recruit people the right way, um, select the people that are really gonna make a difference to our customers and position them correctly. And so there's some new positions that we help create. The concierge position is one of them. i got some others that we can talk about in our next uh, conversation, but it's really who's meeting the customer where they want to be met. And is that in person, is it through Zoom? We believe you need to touch the customer seven times a year minimum, that's a minimum. And you touch them in different ways, personally, note cards, text, emails, zoom, you know, I could go through the list, but it's really people and, and really retooling the people. If, if I don't grow Heath, you, you won't have me next time on the show. You, you're going to go, Hey, this guy had more to tell us than we got through in this last 40 minutes to an hour. And so you're going to have me back. That has to be the case. Every time somebody comes into the local office, they got so much more to offer me. I need to come back. But if they just think it's, here's your coverage, here's your price. Do you want it? Every time you see them, anybody can do that. They can do it over the phone. They can do it through a text or an email. So you've got to offer something more. And that means people developing them, recruiting them from the ground up, have career paths for everybody, reposition them when needed. This is a subject we could talk about for an hour. Just, just this one alone. That's my soapbox.
0: Yeah. And, and I definitely going to have to be back on are we well, getting your soapbox at the very end of the show, Troy. Uh, no, I'm kidding. I, uh, w- we definitely have to come back on that because one of the things I feel like, uh, as I'm out with agencies on a day-to-day basis, uh, whether zoom or in person, um, there is a lot of agencies that have their players in the wrong positions. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I would love to have this conversation someday. I would love to dive into it now, but, um, You know, because I feel like uh, and and I like your ideas of of, uh, a new of some new positions that you put out there. Um, You know, obviously, traditionally, there's, you know, there's five players in the corner. There's 11 on the field for football or, you know, whatever it may be. But there's some new positions that uh, sounds like you've got developed. And so I wrote down to bring that up next time
1: outstanding and and hey look you know to kind of cap this into the subject here culture you know i grew up in a culture uh you may have grown up in a culture when you were brought into the business you're currently in a culture we need to stop and go what are our values and what's our culture What what are we really offering people and everybody needs to be singing out of the same song sheet no matter what their position in the organization whether you're a field leader whether you're an actual agent broker or a team member. And then at the home office, claims matters, actuary matters, underwriting matters. If the experience is not good anywhere in any of those I mentioned, I could have gone on Heath, but you know, I know we need to get a wrap here. But with that being said, if anywhere, if I screw it up in the field, then it hurts everybody else on the team and actuary and, and underwriting and claims. But then again, if claim screws up a relationship because of poor experience, I didn't say didn't pay a claim. It just wasn't a good experience. Then we all suffer. So we need to create a culture where everybody is focused on a great experience with the customer, not service experience.
0: Look at you. I think you've done this before a couple of times. Wrapping it back up, we start with experience. Now we end with experience. I couldn't have scripted that any better. (laughs) uh look at you uh i love it uh and i think it's awesome that uh here's a a man in california and you know a a hick from arkansas we're sitting here on the zoom call you know chatting it up chopping it up about insurance i love it Uh, um it means a lot to me i appreciate you coming to visit insurance town i do want to give you a couple of minutes here if you wanted to um put a little plug in on one of those couple of books behind you and uh, tell us a little bit, especially I'm interested on inflection point. Uh, you sent me a box with several books in it yep. and um, it's next on my reading list right now. I'm reading atomic habits. I don't know if you ever read that book or I not. I
1: read it. Great book. I recommend you start that today, dude. Uh, it's it's so far I'm about
0: 180 pages in and it is, Already, I'm starting to change some little things about my life every day and, you know, starting to look at things differently and develop some different habits. And it's been good. But next on my list is Inflection Point. So you got a minute you could tell us a little bit about Inflection Point?
1: I'd love to. I I get a little embarrassed because I I don't like people that are hawking their stuff. So let me just tell you, I'm very proud. Inflection Point, I wrote it before the big uh, COVID thing, if you will. And I I don't want to date this thing completely, but... Before the shutdown, I wrote it, and it really is about that tsunami of change and then really putting the customer first. And so it's already a bestseller. It's already in its third printing, and uh, I couldn't be prouder. The other book behind me is called Discussion Partner. I wrote that about, I'm going to say, seven or eight months before. And it's really the execution strategy to uh, inflection point, even though it came first. Uh, inflection point really wraps up the whole industry uh, discussion partner is the end user how to how to distribute the products how to have a local shop whether you're independent or whether you're exclusive and so for both of those your your listeners can go to coursegodden.com and on the discussion partner one especially the publisher is offering a workbook so they're giving away the softbound book for free just postage and handling you don't have to buy the workbook but it's kind of their promotion. So I'd suggest while they're doing that, uh, get yourself a free copy just with postage and handling. Lastly, you know, Atomic Habits, great book. I've got a list of books. I I prescribed to Jim Rohn, the old uh, philosopher. I met him a couple of times. He was the real deal. And he used to say the book you don't read can't help you. And I really bought into that. And so I'd like to continue our conversation offline on the books that I'm reading. And Atomic Habits was one of them that I think is just an outstanding book.
0: Yeah, it's fantastic. Now, uh, and we will definitely talk offline about some of this, but I do have to know what is, what's next for you as far as, are you writing a book right now? Or are you in the middle of anything or I am. Uh, are you currently writing one? Can you drop us any hints on anything or could you give us a little sneak peek?
1: Yeah, you know what? Look, I talk about learning. If you want an article that I just published in Fonseca, it's a leadership magazine, uh, on, on a learning culture. just email me at troy at coursesgoddon.com, Troy at coursesgoddon.com. Outside of that, yeah, I'm already starting a new book. Uh, I'm doing two actually. One is uh, continuous on the insurance industry. Another one is personal. I talked about that 21 books I could have written on the stupid things. I, I, I've had a great business life. Even, even in bad years, I have winning seasons, uh, but I, I'm, I'm gonna focus on some of the stupid things I've done in my personal life and hopefully learn from that because I'm a work in progress like everybody. And so I'll keep you up to date. When I get to a point where it's substantive, I'll uh, get a hold of you and let you know how those are coming along, but I've already started. And excited about both of those
0: that is exciting man um i'm excited to check it out i can't wait uh, i'll post on social media the box you sent me and and give the whole thanks and everything else so uh you'll get your press that way from that but i am going to get into the book and i want to check it out um i am a, a, a lover of this industry i have been my entire life um and so there's people listening to this that have changed my diapers in the industry and have known me since I was a baby. And so they know I've grown up in this industry and I love other people that share the same passion for me in this industry. So, uh, with that being said, uh, can you give any kind of contact or at least Emily's contact or somebody's contact if they want to get a hold of you or ask you some questions or a social media handle?
1: Yeah, Emily, Emily will grab it if you just put in there, uh, need information from Troy, or we call it a touch point. It's Troy at CoorsGarden.com, and we're happy. You know, I'm I'm a real believer that giving starts the receiving process. And so happy to give you anything I've got. I hold nothing back, and it's really uh, paid off for me over many years uh, by giving my best stuff. I hold nothing back.
0: Man, I appreciate that. That's what makes the world go round. Troy, thank you so much for hanging out with us at Insurance Town. I enjoyed
1: it, Heath, and I look forward to uh, visiting with you again.
0: Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for hanging out with me and Troy. Cord's gotten to date on the program. I really hope that the content we brought you made you a better insurance professional. That's my goal with every one of these episodes. I, I just, I got to say that uh, I don't have anything to push. I don't have a product. I don't have an agency. You know, what I'm pushing is value. What I'm trying to push out there is content uh, what I want is for you to get better at what you do every day and if I can do that if I can help you in any way please let me know reach out to me I haven't done this in a while but uh, every time I do I love the feedback I get Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com for those that do email me and have introduced me to people like Troy you know people like Chris Paradiso who introduced me to somebody every week, you know, to some of those people that email me and say, hey, have you met so-and-so? Have you met so-and-so? Dude, uh, keep those coming in. It's making our show that much better. If you've got some uh, constructive criticism, I could take that. Hit me up. Let me know what I need to change, what I need to get better, what I need to improve on. Uh, I think that would help. Uh, my boy Jason told me several months back that I need to change my microphone again. And I've done that. I hope it's uh, improved your listening experience. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, let me know if it hasn't. I'll get another one. I'll just keep trying and trying until I get it right. That's my commitment to you, uh, my audience, my citizens of Insurance Town. This show is nothing without you. I can guarantee you that. Okay, enough of all that. Uh, today's episode was recorded and edited and uh, made cool by my man Ryan over at Ready Set Podcast. Get Ready Set Podcast.com. Go to the website. Find him on Instagram, find him on Twitter, find him on Facebook, find him on LinkedIn. Connect with Ryan Mayfield because if you've got an idea for your own show, I, I really think that uh, he could do it. All you need to do is uh, spend probably about $40 on equipment and he can take care of all of the rest. He's he's phenomenal and he's really good at what he does. Ready, set, podcast. Turning your brilliant idea into a reality Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.